persistence culture. Persistence, firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Culture, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. Keep moving. This is Persistence Culture. We are a lifestyle brand changing lives all over the world. I am your co-host Mambo and we got your host Jason in the house. What is up, man? Mambo, what's going on, big dog? I'm, I'm glad that I'm still dry after the uh, monsoon hurricane bomb cyclone that uh, hit Ventura County area over the last couple days. You ready for round two? Uh, that's what I that's what I heard. I personally am. I hope that the river that flows through Oakview in the area where I live uh, is ready as well. But I mean, I love I love the rain. Casitas is up like 33 percent. Deep Cat is back. So I'm looking to do a little good shore fishing there because when it gets lower, I mean, it's like you got to scrounge for a whole new shore spot. So I've been out of a spot for the last like year. So I'm pretty pumped. So uh, did you get affected with any of the road closures or anything like that? Yeah, the 33 was closed. So I actually worked from from home on Tuesday. I have the ability to work remotely. I don't I'm not as productive at home uh, with the kids hanging around and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so so Tuesday I was a little affected, uh, but but I managed. All right. So uh, let's see. Let's see what round two brings. But of course, uh, the podcast always bringing the dope guests. Uh, who do we have? Always, today? always bringing them, always bringing them. And that ain't going to change today. Today's guest has worn many hats across all different industries from New York to Cali. She has been a studio manager, a construction project manager. She's a self-taught photographer, a clothing designer, a small business owner, and most recently mom. She's a lover of DIY projects, good food, antiques, and a graduate of the great Cal Poly University. We have the owner of the the phenomenal Tiki Girl Clothing Boutique, Brianna Critelli in studio. What's Hi up, guys. Brianna? Wow, that made me sound really good. Yeah, <laughs> that's you, and, though. That's you. And old. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I did how all many, that already. How many years did that take? Yeah, so no, I mean, that, that's that's you in a nutshell right there. My best uh, 30 second nutshell that I could do for you. That's oh, you, okay. Brianna. I'll take it. Um, Thank you. But yeah, with, with all that to unfold, let's start unfolding with uh, 11 years ago, uh, the owner of Tiki Girl for 11 years now. Congratulations. Yes, 11 years. Thank you. That is fantastic. That's a really big achievement. Yeah. You know, I always think that school, like elementary school is the longest thing I've ever done. And this is the second longest thing I've ever done. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So <laughs> elementary school and owning a business. Yeah. Great milestones. Um, but how'd you become the owner 11 years ago? How did it all start? Oh, well, it's kind of a long story, but let's hear it. Let's hear have it. have some time. Um, so after I went to school at Cal Poly, I moved to New York with big dreams of becoming a writer, working at a fashion magazine. I ended up getting a job for a celebrity and fashion photographer out there. Oh, wow. And he was shooting like Beyonce. I've met Beyonce, which was super cool. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds cool. I'm, I'm jealous. I was like totally stunned. She had the biggest bouncer I've ever seen in my life. But um <laughs> Carrie Underwood has left a voicemail for me. Wow. When I called out sick one you day. You still have it? When no, you called out sick? it was like on my Blackberry. <laughs> oh, know? nice. Blackberry, Blackberry with the full, key, full keyboard oh, days. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so I worked with a lot of female celebrities and- That's cool. Um, like helping, in what, in what context were you uh, working with them? So I did production. So I was a studio manager. So I like hired all the assistants and made sure everybody had it, everything they needed for the shoots and worked with um, his agency and modeling agencies and the whole shebang. Oh, cool. And how, yeah. did, how did you end up? How did you end up there while we're on this topic? I ended up there because, well, it's all about who you know in New York, right? Yeah, so I feel like my, that in a lot of industries. My dad's first cousin was actually friends with my boss, and I started as an intern, and I was going to get a job at InStyle, but I later found out that 
everything was going well and great for me. But my boss, I was such a good intern, told his friend who worked at InStyle that was going to hire me. No, I want to hire her. So, oh, no. Yeah. But it's okay. Here I am today. So I had a lot of good experience. Job blocked, there. huh? Yeah. yeah. Job blocked. <laughs> seriously. Um, but it was cool because, I mean, I really learned how to hustle and I learned how to work really hard and what my limits were. <laughs> well, and when you're working with celebrities like that too, I'm sure it keeps you in check. You know, it's definitely, you know who the boss yeah, in the room is. You do know who the boss in the room is. It's kind of a, it's an interesting thing. And, um, the industry has changed a lot. I've heard since then, which is for the better because Good. back then, man, you were like, if you were not falling in line, you were looked down upon. It was, it was cutthroat. So, I'm happy that everyone has a voice now. Everything's softening up. Everything. One thing I've noticed since I've started doing this podcast, anybody that's been around an industry for a while, they're all consistently across the board. Everything's softening up a little bit from from a decade or so ago. Mm -hmm. But speaking of a decade ago, Tiki Girl, how did we end up? (laughs) How did we we end up owning Tiki Girl? Let's get there. So I ended up quitting my job after four years out there because I was just exhausted and I had climbed the ladder. It's the highest position I could go. So I just packed up my stuff and I went to Europe for six weeks and then came back to California. <laughs> I've, Why never, Europe? I've never quit a job that good. Like that is the way to quit a I job mean, right I there. I saved up for like six months because I knew what okay. I was going to do. Okay. Um, and then I ended up back in Ventura. I thought I was just going to write a book, which I was, it did not go well. I was like terrified of like what I was my next step. So I really had a lot of pressure. Give me some details, write a book. That's a big thing. Like, I I mean, that's a big, that's a big undertaking to say, I'm going to write myself a book. What was the book going to be on? It was going to be about curanderas, which are like Mexican witch healers. (laughs) Um, so it was going to be about this one girl that had all of the properties of every single like curandera ever. Um, so it's going to be a fiction book. Yeah, it's going to be fiction. Oh, that's even more. That's even more ballsy. I have like 50 pages of it and it's just terrible writing. Don't give it up. No, No, it's not. No, it's not. But it's funny because I really got into Zumba and started making, um, YouTube videos and I developed like these characters and had a YouTube channel where I went to local businesses and made videos for them with in exchange for like a discount and then some of them even paid me and that's actually how I um got to Tiki Girl because the owner at the time she had it was like the end of the recession and so mm-hmm. retail wasn't like doing great and I think she was a little burnt out um but she had like a great reputation of other stores in town and I was like well I'll help you out with like your Facebook and things like that after I did this video for her and um a Zumba video. No, it was okay. it was a YouTube video with like <laughs> a character. Like, I, haven't heard of, I haven't heard the term Zumba for a while, so no, you caught me off had, guard when you I said you like make a Zumba video. So it's like okay, and it was like a comedy thing, oh, and it was like okay. promote. I had like a stylist come in, and we were doing like with models. It was like a whole thing. Is this still alive on YouTube? No. No? <laughs> I'm hitting it. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I'm going to check this out now. It's still out there. Oh, it probably is. But um, so I ended up. Uh, purchasing the store from her because she was like, I'm tired of doing this. I want to move on and do something else. And um, yeah, she was like, oh, do you know anybody that would want to buy it? And I was like, yeah, I think I would. And so I did. And nice. That that. Wow. Yeah. So is it, that, that's incredible. I got so, a great deal. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had no money at that point. Because it was like a year of, you know. Like I was going to say, good working. for you parlaying a YouTube personality into <laughs> owning a successful business now this for sounds, over a decade. Now that I'm saying this out loud, sounds really wild. Yeah. But Don't forget Zumba. Yeah. yeah. Zumba. Zumba it, all, it all started with some Zumba it really YouTube videos. It really did start with some Zumba. Beto. That's nuts. That's Beto nuts. was one of like my heroes, the... <laughs> 
the originators. <laughs> All right. That's that's dope. That is a really cool way to become a small business owner. Yeah. Is Tiki Girl the same as 11 years ago when you took it over or has Brianna kind of put her own oh, thumbprint no. on it's it? It's totally different. So when I purchased Tiki Girl, it was mostly resort wear and a lot of like imported um, high-end designer swimwear. And oh, we, so like you would go there if you were going to go to the Bahamas. Yeah, Let me totally. swing into Tiki Girl and yes. get decked out for my yeah. vacay. And you have to remember, too, that this was the very beginning of Instagram like 11 years ago. So the year I bought Instagram, the year I bought I Instagram. I was going to say, damn, you own well, Instagram? Hello, I own Instagram. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't know that about me, did you? Um, the year I bought Tiki Girl is the year that Instagram came out. And so I was able to really utilize Instagram to catapult well, you're already business. used. You already used to it because you're already yeah. using Facebook and YouTube, like yeah. you said. So yeah. you're set up for success right out the gate. Yeah, then. absolutely. Um, so I forgot your original question. What, what, what was it? It was how you became the owner of Tiki Girl. Oh, now yeah. we know it was through Zumba personality, <laughs> Zumba videos. personality videos and, only, but, and buying Instagram. Exactly. <laughs> and then after you bought Instagram, had, had, now you have Tiki Girl. But don't forget a, the book. <laughs> but it's a but it's a it's a uh, it's oh, a gosh. vacation wear business when yes, you take it yes, over. Yes. So, and now how have you put your thumbnail or thumbprint on it over? the over the years well it's completely changed so it um was a lot of swimwear and for a few years swimwear was huge like i don't know if you guys ever remember the like designer denim trend that happened like 15 20 years ago and all the girls were buying like 200 300 pairs not fondly of, no i don't remember now okay well that <laughs> happened in the uh, swimmer industry so we had a really big run of a lot of swimwear and then i started bringing clothes and i've always loved clothes and so now the store is pretty much mostly clothing and I don't have really any of the same brands at all as when I first took it over. And I just wanted to make it more, um, I don't know. I just wanted to make it more accessible to Ventura as well. I, I think the price point is like really important. Just I don't really sell anything over $100 anymore. And I think I used to, but I find that I want people to come in, be able to buy something and not feel like they broke the bank. Yeah, I, I I respect you for saying that too because I feel like Ventura County in general yeah. is probably one of the most hardest counties to truly be able to grasp really the is. demographics yeah. for a retail business yep. because I know it's also like one of the hardest counties to be a homeowner and things of that and that's because of the large range and demographic of, of income between families so yes. it's really cool to have that that mindset to go out there and try to provide for everybody that may be walking around downtown so yeah exactly so that's a that's a cool that's a cool perspective when you took it over were you like taking it over because you loved swimwear or did you always have this grander idea like okay I can, I can beef this up I can make it better well I I think it was definitely I could beef this up I could make it better I can utilize Instagram which I totally did which made Tiki Girl what it is today um and back in 2011 you, yeah. you you guys became an instant sensation or not instant I mean it took a couple years but just mm -hmm. for the mere action of posting an outfit now it's ubiquitous you know now you see it everywhere mm -hmm. like if you look at your wife's you know Instagram the for you, for you feed, the, that's TikTok. Uh -huh. The page is going to look like all outfits or something or, you know, so, but that wasn't a thing back 11 years ago yet. And yeah, the algorithm hadn't been yeah. well defined yet. <laughs> no, it wasn't. People were just taking cool artsy photos of stuff and posting it. And mm -hmm. so we started posting outfits and we were able to reach people just sitting at home, you know, on Instagram, like like today and that really helped us a lot so so were you reaching all local people were you only brick and mortar retail at this point or would you have yeah. some online capability at, at that point I was only brick and mortar um and then I opened the e-commerce uh section right when Shopify came out 
So Shopify was only online. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Shopify. We are. We, I, I think it's yeah. a platform that yes. Persistence Culture utilizes too for, yeah. for the apparel and the online and even like purchases in the gym for when you're buying, yes. you know, some of the products that we provide. So Exactly. So I, when I was looking for an e-commerce platform, Shopify found that and started doing e-commerce then. And I've done e-commerce, I think for like eight years now, eight, nine, or maybe nine years. Dang, you're an OG. You're like one of the, like, like if uh, Instagram account (laughs) numbers had like numbers and stuff, you'd be like legit low digit numbers compared to what's out there now. I think I might be an OG of Shopify too, because uh, they didn't even have the POS system like they do now. Yeah. Oh, really? So mm-hmm. like it was only online. It was like you only couldn't online. Yeah. They had I liked access. It. And they're and they're in Canada too. And I always think like I always compare them to the Trader Joe's of the e-commerce, the Trader Joe's employees of like the e-commerce world because they're so lovely to talk to and the support was great and it was just like oh really so when you have issues and you call you get a real person that cares about you and stuff like that exactly all right well shout out to shopify (laughs) then solid (laughs) shopify Uh, plug right there yeah so when i bought shopify just kidding (laughs) (laughs) shopify too yeah that would have been that would have been two Uh, solid business acquisitions to go along (laughs) with tiki girl you'd have quite the portfolio i really would uh, so, so now we kind of touched on it, e-commerce and brick and mortar, yes. more, more, sorry, brick and mortar. Um, so what do you perform, prefer more out of your business, e-commerce or the actual true retail in store? I mean, for my business selling things, I think that women still prefer to buy things and touch things and see things in store for brick and mortar. And yeah. I do too. I mean, it's easier. And I feel like a lot of people are moving away from online stuff and actually coming back to brick and mortar. It kind of sounds crazy to say, but think about this. Like for guys, it's different. You guys can pretty much look at something and be like, okay, that's my size. I'm going to order it. And it's but it depends though. Work. It depends though. Like yeah. stuff off of Amazon is super sketchy. Like you don't know what you're going to get. Like yeah, some, n- some things, but if you buy like Tide, you know, you're buying Tide. You know, on oh, the, oh, the, on of course, Amazon. of course, brands. Yeah. But I'm talking yeah. about just from a fashion standpoint. Yeah, fashion's I feel totally like sizing's different. all jacked yeah, up. Yeah, don't like, use the Wish app for yeah. sure. No, it's like yeah, and Wish <laughs> app, it's like it's gonna be here in like 95 days or something like that. But um, just like the sizing to me is always off. So that helps when you're in store. I would imagine, especially Absolutely. for the female clientele. Yes, a hundred percent. And I'll tell you something about sizing. It's all a farce. It's whatever the designer wants it to be. Right. There's no rules to it. There's, right. That's what I always wondered. No rules. It's all based on like, I'll give you an example. So let's take Gap. Gap has a few different fit models that they think are going to best represent the body types of their customers. So every single item gets fit onto these fit models and they might have like a really long torso and shorter legs. And that's the fit you're going to get in those pants. So like I can't shop at Gap because... Well, I haven't in years, but I have not either. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's still around, but it is. It's. I think it's trying to hang around. I think they're switched. Yeah, I, I think, think they so switched too. to yeah. like online stuff and stuff. But yeah, okay. their baby, their baby clothes are cute. Um, but like I could never figure out why these Gap jeans wouldn't fit me. But I would go to I don't know American Eagle and they fit like a glove. Same size. Same size. Yeah. And then the sizes are all over the place. See, I never understood how it really works for for females though. Because correct me if I'm wrong. Like if you're gonna go buy a pair of jeans, it's just like size six or size four. Like it's just one number, right? 
Nope. It could be a size 27. It could be a size four. It could be. But what I'm saying is there's no like, there's no like, like for me, when I go and buy jeans, I get a 34, 30. And sometimes it'll fit a little more snug. Sometimes it won't. But usually like the length is always the same. So I always wondered like for, for females, if you're like a size four jean, but you're six foot three, it's like, how do you buy those six foot three jeans? And that's a problem a lot of people have. That's why we're, the jeans are one of the hardest things to buy for everyone. And it's never going to change. I just stick to OG <laughs> Levi's. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you stick to the same brand. Forward. Yeah. You can stick to the straight same brand. Yeah. And once, and I mean, if you reflect upon like your own purchases, you usually do tend to stick to the same brands because those are the ones that fit you the best. It's true. Yeah. That's true. I try, I try my best. I try my best too, but honestly, I'm, I go for the deals. And my wife's my wife does a lot of our shopping too, uh, and she's a she's 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 a deal hunter too. So, yeah. so see, I, I see something on the mannequin, and it, it looks nice, and I buy it, and it doesn't look the same oh, way. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, I just got to stick to. Don't let the mannequin sell don't it. Don't let you. the mannequin sell I, it. To you. Use the dressing room. See, that's why you got to be yeah. at the you got to be at the store, which is very important. And I have worked so hard to make those. We have like kind of famous dressing rooms. At Tiki Girl, the lighting in there is spot on. Yeah. Designed it like the runway, that New York fashion twist on no, it a little bit. You no, know, I was in Brazil one time, and I was in a dressing room, and the lighting I noticed was on either side of the mirror. It wasn't overhead lighting, and overhead lighting is just the absolute worst lighting in any circumstance for anyone. Anything. You just look terrible. So don't judge yourself too hard if you're like in a dressing room and you look up and you're it's like overhead lighting it's like dang it yeah if i look like shit in something next time yeah. Brianna, blame I'm, gonna, the I'm gonna blame the overhead lighting yeah, i'm gonna buy should. it anyways yes that's there what i'm go. gonna do um so i noticed that and then i thought about that when i was doing the uh lighting and of course i made it like a 3000 kelvin so it's like a perfect warm white not nice not, not, not 5100 cool. oh, not gosh, too much are you yeah. kidding me daylight yeah. the worst nah. yeah so, there's a science to it yeah there really is dressing so, room science i love it absolutely i could just go around and change people's dressing rooms and they would probably increase next their business sales venture so yeah Next business venture. I have, you can, I have a lot of next business ventures lined up, but that would probably be a pretty good. easy one to yeah, do. That's yeah, that's it. Yeah, just now gotta, that I just gave away all my secrets. Ah, well, you know, they still got to do it. They still got to yeah, execute yeah. it, right? They still got to execute it. So just hire yeah. an intern, teach them how to do it, and they can be your dressing room science there we go. Uh, bam, bam. installer. Done deal. Done yep. deal. Um, so have you noticed an uptick in people coming back into the store then? You, you feel like more people are going back to the store than e-commerce, you feel? I mean, I feel like for my type of clothing, like women's clothing, it's Mm. just, I mean, women really need to try stuff on and it becomes really arduous to like get all these packages and, you know, like try everything on and then send it back. When, if you think about it, you're probably spending less time just going into a store and trying things on and then leaving as opposed to the whole process of buying things online and, or like those online providers, like that's why I always wondered, like, like the uh, the providers that are out there where they're like, oh, we'll mail you a wardrobe and then you mail it back to us like two weeks later and we'll mail you the next set or oh something like that. That sounds, that sounds like a nightmare that. to me. I tried that before to see how I would like it mm. and I love the concept of it. And, you know, anytime something like that exists, people are like, you should do this. I'm like, do you know how much money they have to do that? <laughs> like the type of The logistics that the it logistics. takes too. Like- yeah. I mean, just because there's women have so many different body types, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like to really hone in on what somebody's style is, what somebody could potentially like, plus their body type and the seasons, the whole thing, the quality of clothes they like. I mean, there's a lot yeah. that goes, you yeah. think just clothes, but there's a lot that goes into that. 
There is a lot to it. And, yeah. and especially when you're doing that, you're mailing them stuff. They don't mail you some stuff back. And yeah. now all of a sudden they have too much. You got to keep tabs on what oh everybody has. And then people send Wild. something back and it's all messed up. It's got yeah. stains all over it or something like that. You're yeah. giving me anxiety. Seriously, exactly. <laughs> I'm giving myself anxiety just talking about it. So uh, not even with a prospect of doing that. Uh, but how does Tiki Girl manage all those things that you just mentioned? Like the seasons and the things like that. Do you have a constant rotation? Are you yeah. looking at the store and always changing it out? What's your what's so your science? It's been 11 years now, so I have it down. January is one of my slowest times. And with this rain, we're just getting no sales. I mean, we're getting sales, but like not like we normally do, which yeah. is a bummer. But it's, it's, I mean, the same every single year. So January, February. Always January, always, February? Always. Why do you think that's true? I know why this give is. Me, give, me, give me the truth. <laughs> Christmas bill. <laughs> yeah, it's the Christmas bill. So usually up um, like two weeks into January is like when everybody goes home. Like so we have a lot of college students and like girls in their 20s and 30s that shop with us. Um, people go back to work. Gotcha. Uh, and what happens is, is everyone's trying to get rid of the stuff that they didn't sell in December. So we have a lot of not we don't usually have that much over stock but we have overstock we have to sell through and our vendors don't really get like great spring stuff in until mid-february so we're kind of in this like weird limbo yeah. and people have already done all their shopping for the winter right and then spring's just around the corner so they're like i don't really need to buy anything yeah in terms of clothing mm -hmm. which is fine makes sense it sounds yeah. like solid consumerism totally. uh, mindset yeah. yeah and that's just how it has always been and so i prepare for that every single year. So you're trying to you're trying to get through your your winter your winter stock now, yeah. but you know that you got your whole you got your mindset on spring. So are you yep. planning for spring or do you have to wait till like kind of mid February and then your providers kind of give you options like hey, this is what we're offering coming up and yeah, things like that? Yeah, so in the industry, there's a couple ways that it works for me. So I can um, for certain brands like I carry Z Supply, I'm ordering like 6 months out, which is, you know, yeah. I'm seeing spring and fall. So I know what I'm going to get in spring. But for some of my vendors, which are in downtown LA, I go every single week and I handpick basically based oh, on based on the weather pretty much for Ventura. And I'm lucky to do that because it's one of the only places in all of the United States that has these, um, these showrooms where you can basically take your product with you. Explain that to me. So like you can like take your product from your store there and use their showrooms? Oh, or, um, or Yeah, so... It's basically like you walk into this little showroom and mm -hmm. it's this one area. It's all wholesale only. So you have to have a resale account, the whole thing. Okay. And you go see all their samples. So there's samples everywhere. And then you pick what you want. And sometimes you have to pre-order it. Like it's coming in in a month or you can take some stuff with you. And it usually ah. comes in packs of like six. Okay. So you have to buy a whole pack. and So you can start stocking up though. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you don't have to wait. You can do yes. it. You can go shop yeah. with, you don't have to window shop. You go and yeah. you actually shop for the store. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just a drive away for you too. So it's not like someone in Texas would have to exactly. wait. Yes. Very yeah. convenient. Yeah. yeah. So there's actually, I'm lucky I'm able to do that. And a lot of shops in California boutiques also do that as well. Um, but you'll see certain times it's called market it happens like four to six times a year where a lot of people come in from like Texas and Arizona and all over the place and they do their shopping and their pre-orders and whatnot. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Smart, smart move, Texas and yeah. outsiders, you know, <laughs> creeping in, take advantage of it, of it. If you could yeah. travel out here. Um, that sounds like, that sounds like they're figuring out, they're learning, learning, uh, parts of the game. But like you said, you have 11 years of experience. So yeah. you, you have a lot of this foresight. 
What's been the biggest learning curve for you since you've been a small business owner, though? Uh, managing people. Managing people. <laughs> I've gotten that answer from I've gotten that answer from different people, and not even just on the podcast, but like also just friends and family in my life that move yeah. up into a management position and stuff like that. Yeah. It seems difficult. Why do you think that is? What's tough for you? I mean, I was a studio manager in New York, but it was different. So. Beyonce wasn't hard to deal with? I mean, she was lo quite lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pretty much just met her and that was it. And then I just gazed at her in an awkward, fangirl kind <laughs> of way. Professional way. Okay. Very professional gazing. <laughs> um, so, you know, here's what happened. I'll tell you. Tell me. I started, you know, you're like, I was there for myself, by myself for three years. At Tiki Girl. At Tiki Girl, pretty much six days a week. And then I would go shopping one day a week. Um, on the ground. Yeah. yeah. So I was there and I started hiring a couple people. Like, you know, you just hear things like, Oh, my friend's cousin is looking for a job. So you start hiring part time and everything's going great. You have like four hours off to yourself. It's lovely. Um, I had a really good, strong run with employees for a, a while. And then I had like strong run, meaning you didn't have to manage. They were self-managed kind of no, in a way. No, I mean, I managed them, but they, I didn't have any issues. Issues, yeah. Okay, so that, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there was no issues. No issues. <laughs> it was lovely. Like, it was like Sounds happening. Amazing. Instagram was popping. We were just like, it was great. Hell yeah. So then I had a little rough patch with some former employees, and I was like, this can never happen again. And so I really had to hone in on my procedures, my rules, my goals for the store, like, you know, all that stuff. And that's really helped me. So, um, but I haven't had any like professional management training or HR training. So it's always been just me figuring stuff out. And as a manager, I mean, I've had up to a team of like 12 people before. Right now we're probably around like six. So managing all those people and you know, they're coming at you all the time mm -hmm. with questions, which is great. And I don't mind answering them. It's just a lot of different personalities happen and you have to like talk to everybody separately, make sure, you know, you're not like See? throwing anybody under the bus. Like there's a whole science to it. So you're pretty much just people managing and it's more on a personal hard. level yeah, than a professional level, right? Would you would you agree with that? Like where you're saying the hardest part to manage is the personal people about people, like the professional stuff about the store. It seems like you got a good thumb yeah. on oh, the pulse. Yeah, I got that down. So, yeah. So it's more so each personality yeah, it's like motivating then, people, making sure that they're happy. You know, which I love, and I actually love training people. And I, you know, if they move on, that's great. And if they've learned something from me, that's great. And it's awesome. Like, yeah. I, I love that, especially when people are excited, but if somebody is not excited and they're just kind of like dragging their feet, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how do I motivate you? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to like come down on anyone super hard about anything, but at exactly. the same time, it's like, I need to do what's best for the team and for mm -hmm. the business and keep it all going. So that's been the hardest thing for me. The to, biggest, the biggest learning curve yeah, so far. Yeah. And, um, but I'm still doing it. Like I wouldn't ever say, Oh, I, I don't want to manage people. Yeah. No, it in is. a business, you know, like I would 
still do it. I don't know if I want to manage 50 people, but yeah. I'll it's the most, it, I, I feel <laughs> like it's, I, I feel like it's, it's probably like common sense or easily known, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be the most difficult part of any business, oh, no yeah. matter what level you're at, whether it's your business or you're working for somebody and you're a manager in their business structure, yeah. that's gotta be the hardest part is truly managing people and being able to do, to do a good job at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, seems like you're crushing it at Tiki Girl. Though. Oh, thank you. It definitely seems like that. And by saying that crushing it, it makes me think like a lot of different small business owners that we've gotten to interview on the podcast uh, for the last two and a half, three years that we've been doing the show. And everybody seems to have like different, I guess, bars of success when they see like mm. they hit either a sales moment or even opening the door or hiring the first employee or selling the first sandwich, whatever the job is. Um what would be your most gratifying moment since you've been a small business owner? What's that one thing that like when it happened, you were like, holy shit, I didn't think this was going to happen. And it did. That is a great question. You know, it has been really steady, slow pace to where I am now. So I would say like I was in El Hardin courtyard in a 500 square foot spot when I first bought the store. Mm -hmm. um, and I was there for four years. So I think moving on to actual main street and being in our space that we've been in now for seven years like that was really cool for me i was like i've done it you yeah. know like, <laughs> on main street yeah. on main street and yeah. and building out the store and you know that was that was that was cool and i'm always trying to chase that feeling yeah well, sounds <laughs> like, like you need a bigger next? bigger store what's next yeah <laughs> what do you think is next since you segued to it yourself what do you think is next for a tiki girl um I really want to focus on expanding our Tiki Girl brand products. So like we have lotions and candles and we came out with a towel this year. We have like oh, cool. our holiday t-shirt collections. I've, um, I've produced a line of clothes in downtown LA and that was really fun. Like just, well, I don't know if it was really fun, but I like production challenges. And <laughs> yeah. So, Heck yeah. So I did that. Um, I came out with a baby line this last November, Little Palm Lane, which I did all from scratch and which I want to say looks amazing. Oh, like, thanks. so I started checking them out on yeah. on your Instagram for for Little Palm Lane. But yeah. uh, the clothing is is beautiful. I think thanks. it's awesome. Um, I've always since I've had kids now, and I, I yeah. can't say always. So since I've had <laughs> kids, uh, it's always been cool to like look at kid clothes yeah. because like they they grow so fast. It's like yeah. you only really have like so long when you have like those little clothes in your hand. Totally. And I was checking out one. You had like this like, and you were calling it like a chocolate milk color, and oh, it yeah, was like a cuff milk. shirt with these like pants with pockets and yeah. I just feel like little kids with like pockets on their pants I mean like how cute is that and yeah. especially once they start putting things into them <laughs> so you know it's cute. like they have like hot wheels and all these like rando things in their pockets but yeah and it's all bamboo clothing too so it's like super soft and it's sustainable oh fabric. wow yeah that's incredible. Right. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. So so how did you get in the clothing design then? You went from, you know, wanting to write books about Mexican witches to uh, being a full-blown like clothing designer. Like how did that how did that transition happen? Obviously over time, but Yeah, over time. Okay, but I know exactly when it happened is I was looking to do some t-shirts for the store and I couldn't find any blank t-shirts that I liked. Ah, um, like as were, a template so you a, can make the Tiki Girl ones or... Well, blank t-shirts that you can just like buy from like Hanes or uh, Gildan yeah, yeah, yeah. and okay. just like put your own logo and gotcha. stuff on them. And I didn't like the fit of any. So I started working with a manufacturer in LA and I made my own t-shirts to put our own um, like screen print d designs and everything on. So when so. you say made, you fitted them up just like Gap is fit into yeah. fit models fit and stuff. Up. Who yep. was your Who was your fit model then? <laughs> Me. Nice. Beautiful. <laughs> well done. 
Yeah, so um, those went up to from an extra small to a 2XL, and I still have some of those, and we still print on my blank T-shirts. So that's what lit the fire for that's a clothing what lit the designer. Fire, yeah, and I don't want to make any other clothes other than t-shirts. It's too complicated. It's <laughs> <So, laughs> too much work. What about Little Palm Lane then? Well, that's easier. It's baby clothes. So Well, you're, you're still not, making them, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. But baby clothes are different than women's clothes because women's clothes have trends and, you know, like wild style not wild styles i'm pretty basic when it comes to clothing um which but, is so which is so odd because you know you own tiki girl I it's know. like an exotic kind of brand you have everything dialed into even know. like the brazilian style dressing rooms and things of that nature <laughs> so it's like for you to say for you to say that I, you're not into the wild style it's funny i i'm pretty simple when it comes to my own style for sure i like a classic tailored jeans t-shirt I mean, I have like a uniform because I do so many different things throughout the day. So it's mm-hmm. like I'm not going to dress up. Keep it consistent. To like paint an arch outside the store. You <laughs> yeah, know? That's not, I mean, like, yeah, that's that's <laughs> smart. That's still smart business thoughts yeah, right there. Yeah, but I mean, I'll dress up when I'm. When I didn't dress to. up for you guys. Sorry. Black t-shirt and some jeans. But you know, when I have to, I will. And I have this thing where I have a really hard time taking anything any stock from the store for myself because I think, oh, I can make money off this. I was going to ask you that. I was, yeah. did you just grab no, stuff from the store? Never. No? I wow. mean, it's rare. It's really rare. It's it's a weird psychological thing going on in my brain where I think- Don't oh, get or, high you on know, your own supply, <laughs> right? Yeah, don't you know? get high on your own supply. But also, I, if I was wearing something and I knew a customer wanted it and I had the size on- the worst feeling. I'm like, well, I have it on, so you can't have oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, like you you're know? in store wearing it. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. can I get that shirt in a medium? And you're it's like, like, no, I got the last one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. And I got it for free. I just took it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's, it's another solid business thought from you. So. Yeah. That's um, don't get high on your own supply. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you gotta say there. You're listening, you're listening to the right, uh, the right set of commandments there. Um, yes. But when did you decide to start Little Palm Lane? Was it after you had Howdy? Congratulations, by the way. I know it's a year and a half, but that's yeah. awesome. Uh, right before I had Howdy because... Um, Love the name also. Thank you. So cool. Uh, because baby's clothing is just so easy to sell. It just has to be cute and soft. And <laughs> I mean, they're like zero to three. They're not like yeah. a zero to three petite, you know? No, they're like, that's, a, it. that's it. So... Um, yeah, so right before I had Howdy, I was like, I'm going to launch this brand. Before I have Howdy, it did not happen. But you already knew you were you yeah. were pregnant, you were going to yes. have a child. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I worked on, and then when I had Howdy, I was like, I can't do anything. Like, this is wild. I was. We were really thrown for a loop when we had Howdy and how intense of a commitment <laughs> it, it is was. a life-changing turn, moment. Yeah, totally life-changing. Now we know. Um uh, so I worked on Little Palm Lane for a year and a half, basically. And then Howdy's now in my largest size, 18 to 24 months. <laughs> that is, that is so cool that he's yeah. getting the rocket though. I mean, yeah. what a cool, yeah. what a cool story. Yeah. Thanks. Are you going to keep Little Palm Lane alive? Like, is this, is this, are, is, are you that passionate about it now where this is going to be a true business venture for you? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honest. I love the honesty. I love the honesty. No. So now it's limited edition. I mean, you better get it now if I, you want it. I love that. Finn, thank you. You could come work at Tiki Girl for me. Yeah, a good sales pitch. Um, no, I'm going to keep it alive, but I'm not making it separate from, I'm not going to go wholesale with it, sell it to other stores, et cetera. I'll probably make two collections a year that are like gender neutral and have them available at the store um, just to sell through my website and through uh, just the brick and mortar store. Yeah. Just because... I like 
making the clothes and and I like having them basics but they're kind of just cozy and just throw on and easy to pick up and buy for somebody for totally and too. once Howdy's uh, brother or sister comes along they'll yeah. have a bunch of collections to choose from exactly, so they'll yeah. be ready to roll yeah um, so with that being said while, while we're talking about it yeah. um, that's got to be a, that's got to be really difficult like you said three for a loop I did the same thing when I had my first kid I'm sure mm-hmm. Mambo did and anybody that's had a child yeah that's when that's that's the life-changing moment right like getting married and all this other stuff changing jobs changing homes and all that stuff and it's crazy don't I'm not trying to <laughs> knock anybody out there but when you have a kid it's like what the hell is happening to my life? <laughs> yeah. Um, totally so what's been what's the been biggest challenge juggling mom and CEO and founder and all these other hats that you have to wear in your business life? You know, I am an older mom. I think I've touched upon my age before, but I'm not going to say it out loud today. Uh, <laughs> no need, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> um, so I've done a lot, and I knew when I had Howdy that I wanted to like dedicate a certain amount of time to him. So I really set up the business, hired everybody that I needed to hire to get the job done to where I knew I wasn't going to be able to be there. Um, so the biggest challenge is just time management for me. That is genius though, that you set up the business model to help your time management. I'm sure there's still, still struggles. I did. I totally, I really set it up. I worked really hard on that and it's still in place today and it's working great. I mean, my, our procedures are dialed in now. Like we have a whole workflow Monday through Friday, like Everybody knows what exactly what they're doing. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Even with it, with Little Palm Lane, is that a little bit easier for you to manage? Is that kind of like you came out with the collection and now that it's out, that's kind yeah, of. Yeah, I don't really need to do anything with that just because it's out. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to like hustle into a, the next season. I'm not doing like a Valentine's Day collection of Little Palm Lane clothes made in downtown LA. You know, it's like more so just going to be there and then I'll make my next collection when when that in, time comes in June or something yeah it's yeah. nice you yeah. have that flexibility yeah, it's absolutely. yours and you get to choose when you pick so it back I'm up I'm not depending so like I'll give you an example like Tiki Girl I'm depending on that for my main business my lifestyle income, income yeah you know, the whole thing Little Palm Lane is just kind of like it's like a, an extension of Tiki Girl like an extension of the brand mm. but for it's like an auxiliary you know, kind yeah, of department of it exactly that you get so. to more have fun with it almost like a hobby business in a way yes totally sweet awesome yeah. awesome um Business just runs in the family, though. Dad also, <laughs> yeah. dad also kind of has a uh, small business going on too. Yes. Um, so why don't you tell me how you guys got into the brand of of cinnamon? It's like self care cinnamon based products, right? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a very interesting story. Yes. Um, I he makes a horchata lip balm, and when I was looking for brands to put in my store, I was like, oh my gosh, like this lip balm, like I need to carry it. So I started carrying it. Fast forward like three or four years later, and I was looking for a dance teacher to teach me dances for TikTok. Okay, nice. It's like the next leveling up your your Zumba. Zumba doesn't sell no more. I started with Zumba, and I was like, I can do better. Here we go. Because I was not about to go to an adult hip-hop dance class by myself. What? (laughs) Why not? Sounds terrifying. (laughs) And it was crazy because I was looking at like local dance rosters, and I saw his name. And I was like, oh, man, I know this guy's name. And I was like, I think this is the guy that sells me the lip balm. So I emailed him. I was like, do you sell lip balm? And are you a dance teacher? And he's like, yeah, I just moved to Ventura. And I'm. I sell horchata lip balm and I dance. (laughs) Wow. Hell yeah. I know. And I was like, can you teach me like hip hop classes at the store at Tiki Girl? Like after (laughs) hours. That's so sick. (laughs) 
I, I can show you some videos. <laughs> um, and he's like, yeah. I was like, okay, great. And that's how we that's met. How you, that's how yeah. you met. Yeah. The internet led me to him twice, and it wasn't on a dating app, which is kind of wild. That is destiny right <laughs> yeah. there. The vast internet. I mean, all the catacombs yeah. of the internet that you can go down, you somehow rekindle next to your horchata lip balm supplier, yeah. and it turns into your husband and now business partner. Yeah. That is so. Wild. That is so crazy. So, how did he get into making horchata lip balm? Has he ever uh, <laughs> disclosed well, that story with you? Well, he loves cinnamon. So cinnamon, everything, and you okay. know, and the he's a surfer. So in the surf culture, you know, it's like they're always like eating tacos and drinking mm -hmm. horchata and like. Yeah. It's just like kind of what it is. Sounds like yeah. living the dream. They, he has a lot of self care uh, habits that I wish I had like twenty percent of, like surfing and yoga and foot massagers at home in his hot tub. And I'm like, wow, what's life you live? <laughs> He's got it figured out. Yeah, he really does. He's got it dialed out. in. He does. Um, so he just started making it. Uh, and it was actually a business card because he was designing pants that he wanted to sell. And he used the lip balm as a business card, which is kind of genius. Totally. Um, Everybody always needs lip balm. Yeah. One thing I'm constantly looking for, and my <laughs> wife included too, is like, where's my lip balm I at? I got your guys' goodie bags. I'll drop <laughs> we'll them get off. It. I, we'll get yeah, it. Okay. Um, so the store that he dropped them off to, they're like, we don't want to buy your pants, but can we get more of this lip balm? <laughs> <laughs> we ain't feeling the pants, yeah. but the lip balm yeah, is this fire. Lip balm. Yeah. So he was making that. And then I think when I met him, he was just, uh, he wasn't doing it full time. He was like teaching dance in Manhattan Beach, which is where he's from, and making the lip balm. And I think candles. And then when we started dating, I was like, well, let's expand your brand. <laughs> <laughs> let's pump it up a bit. Yeah. So now he's making all kinds of stuff. And he actually has um, this natural deodorant, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, I wanted to call it Old Spice because, no, I'm sorry. I wanted to call it New Spice. New Spice. A play on Old Spice because it's a cinnamon. <laughs> I was going to say, Old Spice, deodorant. I think, is taken. Yeah. <laughs> I bought Old Spice actually in my purchase of Instagram and uh, Shopify as well. Oh, yeah. man, a portfolio, but you sold it. You I sold it. I was like, where's this going? <laughs> yeah. You had me going. <laughs> I, thought you were, I, like, I thought you meant you actually bought like a stick of Old Spice. You're like, okay, what's the story? Yeah. No. No. Um, yeah, so it's, it's an amazing deodorant, and he's like really, it's going. He has like quite a little following now. He's like selling thousands of them. Yeah, well, he's got a he's got a dope name for the company too, Cinnamon. I like yeah, it. It's a play on cinnamon. Yes, I know. Yeah. I, got, I put the two together. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what you don't. do. <laughs> really? Don't. Yeah. Cinnamon, and it's all cinnamon-based yeah, products. I mean, I feel like he nailed you know? that. I feel like he cued that one up pretty good for yeah. you. That's yeah. on a T. Yeah. Um, but but that that's that's really dope. I really love your family, not only of of you, him, and and uh, Howdy, but also the, your business portfolio. Even though you sold uh, Inst <laughs> Instagram, Shopify, and Old Spice. Yeah, I uh, saw them. But but um. Before you had that business portfolio and family, we touched on it a little bit. You were in New York City. I want to yeah. know how you ended up, though, because I feel like it's not as simple as, like, you just walk it's out not. of the doors of Cal Poly and all of a sudden you're in New York City. No, it's not that simple. But I think um, what really happened with me is my dad's first cousin, Guy Garcia. He's a writer. He's, like, written for Rolling Stone. Oh, cool. A bunch of, he's written... Some books. He was actually a successful Garcia that wrote some books, unlike me. So <laughs> hey, you're still you're working, working on it. It's in yeah. a draft. Oh it's yeah, in a draft. Eleven year adventure of a book. It's a rough um, draft. So he was actually friends with the 
photographer that I got hired with. Okay, but he, yeah. he just reached out to you. Hey, I heard you're in Cal Poly. You want to move to New York? No, I just moved to New York. Oh, okay. I was like, I'm going to do it Okay. without a job, which was kind of crazy, but I did it anyway. And I actually stayed with um, his uh, wife out there. Oh. Yeah. It always helps, though, when you have a spot that you can go crash, too. Like, if oh, you want to yeah. make a big jump like that, and if you've got a totally couch you can land couch on. And I was crashing. Nice. Yeah. What and couch were you crashing? Where were you at in New I York? Mean, this was in Chelsea. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I ended up staying in Chelsea, which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was a little too close to work from the studio. I lived uh, two blocks away, which is way too close to live to studio when the job knows that you live two blocks away because you're yeah. like waking up at 2 a.m. to let all the assistants back it's tough but studio. it's better than a I mean, messed up wild. it's tough but it's better than a <laughs> messed up ass travel plans too though. oh yeah so you didn't have to experience that part like a lot of the um employees came in on the l train yeah. from brooklyn and that was just a disaster it's back a then i can't even imagine what it is now yeah i'm originally <laughs> from new jersey oh, okay um so I, i've traveled to new york Plenty of times, and yeah. yeah, there's no, I don't care what train you're on, there's nothing good about the subway or <laughs> any of the train systems throughout New York City. I, I pretty much stayed away from taking the subway, like, the whole time. I would take mm. it occasionally on the weekends, like, if, if you I was had going to, into yeah. Brooklyn, but, I mean, I didn't really have to because I was in Chelsea, so everything was just the streets. Walking distance, yeah. yeah. But the hardest thing was not having a car, oh my gosh. Why? Like, you felt like you needed one? There was okay, times when you were like, hey, I want to go get my car and here's drive two miles thing, an hour down the street. Here's the thing, you guys, is that this was before Amazon, right? So okay. It's <laughs> a long time ago. So when I had to go buy a vacuum, I took a cab to <laughs> Bed Bath & Beyond, lugged out this vacuum and put it into the cab and in my whole life was like that and it was okay. so hard in like february when it's snowing it's snowing colder <laughs> than hell outside yeah you're not equipped for anything as a california girl and it was it was hard <laughs> but i learned a lot well it's like you wouldn't have been you would have been able to pull up right in front of your spot anyways probably if you had a car and just pull over and drop off your vacuum and comfortably bring <laughs> yeah, it into right. your house anyway right. so you're it's right. like eh, whatever a cab yeah it's better than having to park your car in one of the rotating garages for you sure. Know, so. I mean, it was fine not to have a car when I was there, yeah. but I definitely, when I came, the one thing that did happen was I devalued cars, basically. So, mm -hmm. like, I look at a BMW, and I'm like, that's cool. Like, you don't need an expensive car. You can just need yeah. a car mm -hmm. that anything. you, anything. Yeah, and so that was, like, a really good thing about not having a car because you appreciate a car so much more when you didn't have <laughs> one for yeah. four years. You're just as long as it in runs. elements, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, out there. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you miss most about New York City that you can't get out here the in California? Food. Yeah, nice. Are you kidding me? You oh better. My gosh. That, that had to be. That's the only the right answer only you could have given right, right now at the yellow table. It would have been food. <laughs> if you would have said anything else, it would have been oh my kind gosh. of blasphemous. I was, but. Are you guys familiar with Momofuku, David Ching's? Um, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys, yeah. You, you probably have heard it. Okay, so there's this noodle bar, and I watched like John Legend and. Um, Chrissy Teigen's like whole romance like every weekend because they would like they first started dating and they would sit at the bar and I'd be at the bar like eating my ramen and it was just lovely professionally gazing at them yeah or? professionally gazing <laughs> which nice. is my term um but man the food was so good yep I'm just 
you, you could just pretty much walk into anywhere and get That's something That's the key right tasty. there. That's the key, though. Yeah. The simplicity of the good food. There's good yeah. food out here, you know, in Los Angeles, and you can find all these, like, great places. Even here in Ventura, there's tons of really good food popping yeah. up um, right now in Ventura. But it's not the ease. Like, it's a whole process if yeah. you want to go to Ventura. you got to find a place to park. you got to find reservations. you got to do this and that, which is fine. I get it. You know, yeah. people want to go. That's good for the business. But in New York, you can just, like you said, just walk into a place. Oh, yeah. And just easily order something at the counter and get something that is completely like delicious. A, even like a little bodega, you go yeah. like and get this egg and cheese sandwich and it's mind-blowing. The breakfast sandwiches, <laughs> the breakfast sandwiches from bodegas or even like chain ones, like legit hmm. like a breakfast sandwich from Wawa is like on a is, is on a pretty is on a pretty high level. Like that's like that's like the that's like the low bar that's getting set is like a pork and ro- a por- a pork roll egg and cheese sandwich at Wawa is is it's not the greatest thing in the world, but I mean it's a pretty good low bar to have as like your worst breakfast sandwich that you I'm can get. I'm unfamiliar with Wawa. You're unfamiliar with Wawa? They're not really big in New York. Oh, okay. So you never went to New Jersey at all then, I take uh, it. Maybe a couple times. Yeah, like Jersey, Pennsylvania, okay. Delaware area. That's where that's where Wawa's really come in. But it's like a it's like a quick check or a 7-Eleven. Okay, I don't know if they gotcha. yeah, quick check, but um, so yeah, it's just like your typical franchise mm-hmm. convenience store. Okay. But yeah, like the deli breakfast sandwiches. There was this place in Trenton that would literally put like a pound of <laughs> pound of like home fried potatoes on their breakfast sandwich, and they would have the biggest like homemade bagels, like lit- legit like bagel the size of this prep paper oh, I have the here. Bagels, mind blowing. Yeah. You just can't get it out here. Yeah, Noah's is okay. I'll give Noah's a little bit of love. Yeah, they're, they're Noah's not bad. is yeah, not, not, bad. Bad. not bad. But, but like, I live down the street from this one place, and it was just incredible. Just, yeah, I mean, just and like you said, down the street, you can walk right there. The street. <laughs> I mean, the best French bakery was on my walk to and from my house every day on my commute, and I would just get like an almond croissant. Oh my gosh! So good. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Yes. You both of you guys. More. We're both like know, we're, we're both like, like mentally eating right here at the table. <laughs> Sorry, Mambo. We're, we're totally good. just having a meal in our mind right now. I'm gonna book a trip um, to New York while yeah, I'm sitting here. Seriously. Just well, great segue to change tour. the topic. Do you yeah. still travel to New York frequently? Is it a place that you know holds dear to your heart that you go? You know, I was going like twice a year when I first left, and mm. I absolutely love going back. I think the last time I was there was before COVID. And um, I haven't done too much traveling since then, but yeah, I, I'm ready to go back. I love it. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite place you've traveled? I heard you say some cool stuff. You mentioned that you went to Europe right after you quit the job. Yeah, I went to Europe. Um, that was amazing. And then what parts of Europe? Like we, uh, I was traveling with a friend, and I went to France and Italy and Spain. Yeah, nice. so that was fun. But my favorite of all time is the Basque region of Spain. Okay. Basque country of Spain. What is that? What is that in particular? So it's like this community of Basque people. Um, and I recently, Elaborate more. I, I don't know what we're talking about. I found out that I was Basque, which is very exciting news. Ancestry. Okay, wow. like, per, okay, so it's like um, it borders, I think it's like the western part of Spain, and it borders France where like Biarritz is and, and Hossager, which are like really big surfing spots. But they have their... El Bulli, which was the number one restaurant in the world for years, they they were in Basque region right there, and it's just like this gorgeous community. They don't want to be part of Spain, so they consider themselves their own people. Oh. So it's like the Basque region. Highly recommend going. And you're there. from there now. Now I'm from there. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Now I'm Basque, and I'm going to speak the language right now. Just kidding. I'm not. Um, so. Have you gone to the restaurant El Bulli? 
No, it closed. Oh, no. How did the number I, one I restaurant know. in the world close? Because they're like artists now or something. Damn they're it. like, I've too done artistic. this and now I'm artistic, yeah. Damn, so they just gave a pass to whoever number two is now. Now number two is just well, like a, and, like a well, one with an asterisk now. <laughs> well, right? For a while, it was um, Noma in uh, Denmark and Copenhagen. Are you that big of a foodie? Like, do you go, have you gone to? I've, have, I've stood outside of it and looked at <laughs> like it. <laughs> Pretended, <laughs> ate mentally through the window. I wasn't able to get a reservation, but I have eaten at like uh, a few like Michelin star rated what's, restaurants. What's the best joint you've ever eaten at? Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to say um, the Momofugu, Momofugu noodle bar in uh, East Village in That's New York. It. That's I mean, spot. I can't, it was just so delicious and so simple and like mind blowing. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to ever experience that again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Maybe. I mean, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you can get to that bar again. Yeah. But what was, what was your, what was your jam while you were professionally gazing at John Legend? What would you go with? Um, it was just like a pork shasu Roman Roman noodle bar, ramen noodle. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it was just like a bowl of noodles. And then, have you guys had the um, pork belly pork buns Mm-mm. before? Uh, I think I did actually at like a place I in San have, Diego. Like, brought food with me. I feel like we should have too. Yeah, just yeah. just this portion. We like food on this show. We talk about it. We talk about food quite often. So, I mean, this was like a revolutionary thing, and a lot of people replicated this delicious pork belly bun but he did it first in new so york he's the, he, he's he's the, the real original. originator yeah, you guys need to look him up on instagram he's fun to follow and he's just and he has a whole line of noodles now and like soy okay. sauce and have you tried his products like, oh yeah Do they hold up well they're good, good. Uh, delicious yeah, yeah. the okay. soy noodles so good all right we'll give it a try yeah give, we'll it, give a try. it a try it's a little expensive but it's okay all right yeah worth it but it's a little bit of expensive, but you give a lot of things a try and you save money by doing it yourself, right? You're quite the avid DIYer. Am I correct in oh my saying gosh, that? Great segue. You like that? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was natural, right? I was like, where's it going? Yeah. So, so you're quite the DIYer, am oh, I right? Oh, yes. That's I what am. I heard. That's what I heard. I'm a DIYer. Um, so, with that being said, you seem like an ambitious person. You know, you've, yeah. you, you've traveled mm-hmm. all over the world, but what's the most ambitious do it yourself project that Brianna's ever got herself into? What would you say it is? Do it myself project. The most ambitious one that you've ever tried to do or have done. Hmm. Well, I guess for me myself doing the work outside of having other people do it, um, I would say like I recently like tiled this and like did this whole like little nook thing in my house and I'm trying to act like all like nonchalant, like (laughs) tiling is just like something that everybody does in the world. You know what I'm finding out about this stuff is like, I can do it. I just need my husband to help me with like the muscle part of it. Cause some of it's like, and, and the long arm part of it. Yeah. I mean, but you have, you have your anatomy limits, of course. So we were replacing the faucet in one of my DIY projects for like the downstairs guest bedroom the other day. And my arms, I was like laying underneath the sink and my arms wouldn't reach up to the faucet. So he had to like get up underneath there and like do the job for me. But um, yeah, the DIY projects that I love being creative with like home projects and things like that. And I'm getting a lot of reposts lately, which is very exciting. Nice. From like some top designers that I'm a little obsessed with. Cool. Good for you. The DIY Instagram is popping now. Yeah. Hell yeah. Good job. We're getting ready to uh, we're getting ready to tackle this 
and giant project at our house. We're knocking down, Ooh. we're knocking down the back 440 square feet of our house and rebuilding it back uh, to like 1,300 square feet. Amazing. So. Are you adding bedrooms or what are you doing? Yeah. So right now it's like a beautiful. We love our house, right? It's a two bedroom, two bath cottage, and somebody that owned it before us like vaulted out the ceilings and mm. things like that. So you usually never see that no. in like a small like single floor. So when you walk in a front door, like I love how our house. That's is. what I want to do. So my living room. So we're keeping the front because the front is like that. Mm -hmm. And then you can tell at some point in time they built on the, the backside, I don't know, in the 50s or 60s, whenever they did it. But we're going to knock all that down and then we're going to build up two stories and, of course, a little bit larger than's there. Because right wow. now the, my daughter and son, they're still young and they don't care. They they, they love sharing a room together. But eventually that mojo yeah. is going to fade, you know. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. so I got to get out ahead of that train. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, upstairs we're going to have three more bedrooms upstairs and then we're going to redo our whole master and wow. make an open concept and love all this it. other stuff. So. Yeah, so I got that on the horizon. That's um, exciting. This is like it is like exciting. my jam. I love construction. It is, it, it, and and yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm I'm down. It's my jam too. Like I can't wait to yeah. take part in it. And I'm gonna do the electrical and the plumbing and everything like that, and, and all the inside stuff myself. Um, the thing that I'm not pumped up, that's not my jam, Framing? is. No, definitely not framing. I'm going to pay somebody to do the framing. Okay. I'm not doing all the framing. I'm, <laughs> oh not, <my> God. <laughs> I'm not doing all the framing. I'm going to pay somebody to, to basically do all the stick work, put up the frames, put up the siding, put the sheath on, put the roof on, and then I'll take over or, you know, yeah. piecemeal it out from there. Um, but living in my living room and my kid's bedroom, all of us together is the part that's like not going to be the jam, but I'm approaching it with the right mindset. You know, me and my wife are like, all right, we'll just load up in the sprinter van every weekend and like go and just find oh, a new nice. place to yeah. camp or something for the weekend. Something to take our minds off Question, of it. Question, are you going to, are you going to have an operable kitchen? Um, not for a while. Oh, that's going to be, that's the tough one. I do like the barbecue. Um, my wife's usually the majority of the kitchen cooker. She yeah. cooks like, I would say like 90% of the meals. So how she's going to navigate that, I don't know. Meal we have, preps, bro. Just yeah, hit up Mel. Meal, meal preps. <laughs> Mel eats meals is definitely going to help us. Oh, that's yeah, going to no. help us. So, um, she's going to hook it up with that. But the, the thing that I'm worried about is like going to be able to consistently cook home mm -hmm. meals and for the kids and things like that. We yeah. have a three burner propane stove oh, that we have for the, like the sprinter van and things like that so we'll be yeah. able to use that and we're pretty resourceful so cool. we'll make it work it'll wow. end up being it'll end up being quite the story but yeah so, you're like the old days yeah you're that's my future all, your, diy your project family is gonna live in one room yeah it is and no it's, it's gonna be legit like that yeah i'm just glad that there's one bathroom on the front half of the house Perfect. so we can literally like knock down everything have them yeah, do patience, everything bro. i would have told my family you guys stay there i'm gonna go get a room all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll be back we're gonna figure something out but yeah that's, that's it um we do also have the the prospect of a trailer that we might be able to borrow from my father-in-law and oh, use that good. so if we do that if we do that then we're gonna be money there's a little stove in there and stuff like that so uh exciting so stuff it is it is it is exciting it is exciting um but all these diy projects that you're doing around your house is it yeah. just small um individual renovations or did you guys just recently do a remodel yourselves we did a remodel but i just project managed it mm -hmm. and um when i was in new york i i don't know why my boss thought i would be good at this but i ended up being good at it he was renovating his studio and doing like concrete bathrooms and all kinds of stuff and i was in charge of that so cool. i like hired all the electricians and the whole thing. And it was really fun. I had a great time. I was like drawing little schematics and everything. And that was like nice. so fun for me. I learned a lot. Um, so we, when we bought our house last year, which was very exciting and, um, no 2021. And so I just spent like six weeks just, you know, 
making it how I wanted to make it. It wasn't like a huge renovation, but we did like painted all of the yeah. cabinetry, put like new um, countertops in the whole. You thing. guys went in off the deep end because the only other thing that takes over your life more than a child is owning a home. Yeah, and my and Howdy was three months old when I did all this too. Wow. Yeah, but it was. I love it. Like I love it. That's pretty gangster though, Brianna, yeah. doing that with a three-month-old kid. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, thanks. That's 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 but, solid. But he was three months, and he was just kind of sitting there, and it's like because he can't move yet, yeah, right? So you can like stick him chill. in like one of those like yeah. bumbo pillows or yeah, something like that, to, and just like, like feed him, make and sure he doesn't he roll sleeping. over too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he was okay. He had it down. Yeah, he had it yeah. down. Pro. Yep. Pro. But you know what? Everybody doesn't always have everything down. Everybody doesn't always get to renovate their house and no. be masters of DIYs. Yeah. But everybody that comes to the yellow table gets one thing, Brianna. What is it? They get one random question <laughs> oh, from Mambo, okay? Oh, Mambo. And your random question this episode is brought to you by Sweet Fuel. If you haven't tried them out yet, they are a delicious protein bar and protein supplement company. Try them out at any persistence culture facility or find them online at Get Sweet Fuel. But, Brianna, here is your episode's random question from Mambo. Okay. Uh, what three items would you take with you uh, on a deserted island? Water. Ooh. Sunscreen. An iPhone. <laughs> Water, sunscreen, and an iPhone. Okay, the first two are very, like, quick re like yeah. reaction. Okay, reaction. But how much water are you bringing? Enough to keep me alive until I uh, leave Until you the get island. saved. Okay. Okay, why sunscreen? Do you burn? Uh, well, yes. Yeah. And <laughs> if I don't find shelter, I'm a little nervous yeah. about burning. Yeah. 100%. That's yeah. true. I, I would be one of those people that should bring sunscreen and wouldn't. And whenever they found me, I'd be like a lobster, basically <laughs> dead on the side of the beach. But those are, that's a, that's a good random question, man. Jason? That is a good random question. Three things to bring to a deserted mm -hmm. island. Man, that's tough. My my first thought was the the phone, like right right off. The top. I'm also assuming yeah. that there is a cellular. Tower I was gonna say on this deserted now, how island. How deserted are we? So. Like if we have if we have if we have service and a way to charge the phone, then then I'm I'm making sense of that. See, I didn't yeah. think of that. Now so. you're making me think again. I would probably bring some type of like long distance radio or something like that <laughs> that has AM, at least AM signals so I can listen to like some sports talk or like whatever random sports games. Talk. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hmm, I'm here on this deserted <laughs> island. What's going on in What's sports? What's going on in the sports world? 100%. 100%. And then, uh, then I would have to bring some type of like game, some type of game that I could play by myself because I don't know if I'm resourceful it's enough. It's called Staying Alive, the game. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's definitely <laughs> part of the game. Alive on but once I island. get that down, once I get that down, <laughs> once I'm like, once I got my homemade spears and I'm catching fish and stuff like that, I'm going to need something that's more entertaining. I don't know if I'm resourceful enough to create a new game, so I'd have to bring something with me, like some washers or something like that. Something, you're not going to stay alive very long. Play. I will, see, because I'm going to be <laughs> mentally sharp, okay? I'm going to be mentally sharp. And what's the third one? What's the third one? Picture of my wife and kids. Oh. Not just your wife and kids? Hmm? What if you could bring your wife and kids as oh, one well. item? So, okay, yeah. if I could bring them as one <laughs> item, you then gotta right, you got to live one, one behind, though. Because that's... that's <gasps> no. That's, that's three That's three items, bro. Like, if you think about it. Yeah. No, it's a, a family unit is one item. Yes. One wolf Doesn't pack. Doesn't work that way. One wolf pack. Okay, yeah. fine. All right, well, then there's my three <laughs> items. There's my lame answer of wife and two kids to a deserted <laughs> island. I know she wouldn't have picked me and the two kids. So, but I'll do, I'll take, I'll take one for the team and I'll pick all of us. But no, if I had to just pick items, definitely some, some type of, I don't know, entertainment, right? Because that's what happens to, that's what happens to Tom Hanks, right? He starts going 
crazy and yeah. talking to a bloody volleyball because Wilson. he didn't because he didn't have a radio to listen to the game. That's why. <laughs> wow. If he did, but he you're a big sports fine. guy, so you yeah. definitely yeah. 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 So Mambo, what are you bringing? I'm still going with the phone. I'm, yeah. Yeah. So I got to go with okay. it. I'll figure out how to charge it later. Yeah, <laughs> create create yeah. electricity of a yeah, solar, this, solar energy. By this time, there's going to, and you'll also conveniently have a solar uh, battery charger, yeah. which See, would be actually, there you go. Yeah. That is, and then you're set. And then you got all the entertainment for, for days. Yeah, exactly. You know what would be a good one? Um, like uh, an iPod. Right, because then you have at least music for days, right? Like I mean, well, your, your phone has your, your phone has everything. But if you don't have service, but I'm just saying, let's say <laughs> if we don't have uh, if we don't have if we don't have service, though, so yeah. iPod doesn't need service, True, right? You right. Just load yes. it up with your MP3s or whatever, like, and then go. Like, I'm gonna be deserted on this island. I need yeah. to load up my iPod from give me the, 2004. <laughs> give me the deserted the deserted island sound the soundtrack, and uh, I'll be I'll be covered on that deserted island. That's funny. Yeah, that that's a that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, so yeah, I guess yeah, just focus on some type of entertainment and of course we could bring the family with me maybe after we live in those two rooms together for <laughs> six months i don't know maybe my aunt will have to add, we'll have to retouch on this uh, be like, can i go to that island yeah. like where's that island yeah definitely um i think it's cool that we can go to the beautiful island of tiki girl right here in ventura though you're providing yeah. us awesome cool fashion forward clothes all while doing all that other stuff behind the scenes at home while being mom yep. and wife and all that stuff. So, Brianna, it was super fun getting to know you. Thanks for all the laughs uh, during this episode, and it was a pleasure having you on the show. Yes, thank you guys for having me. It was really fun. Yeah. What's Thanks, uh, Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is shop tiki girl and at Little Palm Lane and at sin underscore min and at it's Tiki Girl. Man, yes. you got a lot of them. <laughs> she's got the Instagram popping. She's an OG. She's like one of the first ever to do it. She knows have, what she's doing. I have even more than that that we're not going to talk about. Oh, the ghost but, accounts. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Okay. <laughs> well, they're more like business ideas that I just never... Just locking them in. Just, it's like yeah. it's like dot coms back in the day. <laughs> exactly. You know? It's yeah. like you just if you come up with a creative yes. name, then just you might as well lock in the Instagram exactly. and then you got it. You know, it's like I wish I would have got McDonald's.com and Walmart.com uh, right? and all that shit back in the day. We weren't, we weren't yeah. thinking that at yeah. all. I know. Yeah, I have a lot of them too. By. You know what I hate though? What, is dot coms or Instagrams? Dot coms. And I hate because I should cancel a lot of them, uh -huh. and they renew every January. Oh, automatic renewals. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I need to, I need, definitely need to cancel a lot of them. Yeah, can, yeah. and just take the card. Mm -hmm. Cancel that card. I hate to plug Rocket Money because they don't pay me as a sponsor right now, but Rocket Money is a really <laughs> cool app. That's the second app. time I heard about Dude, that Dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Rocket yeah. Money is a really cool app if you have a lot of, like, recurring subscriptions and stuff mm -hmm. like that. They automatic kind of categorize it all. Oh, I need and you to can, look like, literally look into it. And then if you don't want one, you can literally click a cancel button on their app. App and they'll go through all the hassle of canceling oh, your stuff I for you. Oh, I you. It's that. legit. It's legit. Not I noticed. Money. I was like, holy shit. I'm like a Disney, ESPN, <laughs> Hulu, all these like yeah. streaming services because the kids like jump around from stuff to stuff sometimes and it's like, you get gets carried away now. Yeah. <laughs> it's all this e-commerce. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Make sure you tell your friends about it. Make sure you guys give us a follow at Persistence Culture. Keep moving.